pressing on the door. I'm like, achoo, achoo, achoo. And she's like, what's wrong with my house? Why are you sneezing? And I'm like, I can't help it. I'm allergic to dust. She's like, our place isn't dusty. I'm like, I can't help my body. Now it likes it's weird. To Your parents, oh, my parents are weird. Everyone's parents are fucking yeah, look, weird. My parents are weird. I'm weird though, so. Yeah, I've turned out Ooh. very strange. Yeah, I have too. Very strange. What? Yeah. I'm like the biggest weirdo in my family. And I oh, just same. I do planning and do performance and stuff, and they're just like, what do you do? Why can't you just do a normal job? My mom was always like, you're the one I have to worry about. <laughs> I'm like, and you're like, really? Me? I can cook for myself. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Because like Samara and Levi, totally fine. Completely <laughs> normal. And she was always like, you're, so when she came to like do the podcast, like she came in, she was just shook. She was just the entire time. She was like, uh. <laughs> What is this? Uh, I don't think she fully understands what a podcast is. <laughs> oh, that's, um, that's sweet. <laughs> She's like, I'm just going to sit over here because this is normal life and that's something else. And she also hates murder. Okay. She's not a true crime fan. Really? No. And she has no sort of like affiliation to true crimes. Mm. Like she doesn't like it. See, my mom is and she, I think that's probably where I got it from because like at 10, she'd be like, don't fucking do this. Don't speak to men ever. And she would like tell me about various ways that women were abducted or killed. She's like, don't do that. If a guy comes up to you and wants you to look in their car, walk away. And like just constantly like don't do that, don't do this, don't do that and telling me all these things, which was really great, but I grew up being really fearful of men. Yes, which is not. (laughs) Which is kind of good because it's a realistic fear. Because if I was kind of naive, there were situations where I could have been in my life sort of growing up where if I didn't have this constant like, ooh, this isn't a good situation. Ooh, don't trust that person. Yeah. I could have got in the car with the wrong person. Do you know what I mean? But I constantly had this like. I mm. got into the car with wrong people. Well, not like <laughs> terrible, but I got into cars with teenage boys and that was dumb. Mm. Oh, God. Yeah, there's so many times where Did you Did you like, know them though? Did you trust them? They're like sometimes they were friends of friends and then I'd get a vibe and be like, they're fucking weird and I'd make them pull over and let me out. Yeah, cool. Good, de- good decision. You just, like, you never know. Yeah. And I always was very, I guess because, like, Liv goes so small so mm. everyone kind of knows my mum. So yeah. people were very scared of me anyway. Good. Because <laughs> she does not fuck around. Yes, good. She used to be a bouncer, so people were like, oh. Yes. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, okay. We're sorry. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> we'll treat her right. And, yeah. like, I've told you, like, the first time Stephen met my mom. No. You probably have, but I can't recall she this moment. She went – so she, was, she started boxing again. So she has boxed in it, like – like on and off for her whole life. Yes. And she's very good. Yeah. And she's not like a violent person in mm. any way. She's actually a huge softie yeah. underneath door. She's very cute. But she likes that kind of exercise because mm. it's like hit and it's very like, you know, yeah. it's tough. So she has a boxing bag out the back. She's like, come on, I'll show you what I've been doing. So the first time she'd met Stephen, she took, we took him out the back and my mom was beating the shit out of her <laughs> boxing bag. And like in a way where you were like, 
That is terrifying. <laughs> She's so quick. And Stephen just sat there covering his balls, being like, oh, God. I'm okay. I'm just, I have to treat this girl so good. <laughs> He's like, she will kill me. <laughs> I don't want to be the bad side of that. That's kind of great yeah. for her to show off her skills, but also as a little side note, be like, I'm a tough woman. You don't want to mess with me. No, don't mess with me. <laughs> no, I'll take you out. See, this is you, Stephen. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> and now we're getting married. That's so amazing. Your mum's so cool. She's all right. She's so cool. Um, Bit of a fangirl. I'll see her at your wedding and I'll be like, hi. Hey, mom. Can you show me your boxing skills? She just punches you in the face. <laughs> like, that was awesome. <laughs> uh, speaking of mom's punching people in the face, welcome to our podcast. <laughs> we talk about mom's punching people in the face day in, day out. It's kind of a thing. <laughs> My no. name is Rihanna. And I'm Sam. And this is Wonder the Podcast. Hi. Every week, we tell each other true crime stories. And the other person reacts. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, 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 oh. Boom. <laughs> that was so great. You guys don't, do we, I'm going to have to film your face one time and put it on Instagram because it's the best thing I've ever seen when she does like the reactions. It just cracks me up. Um, so you're tuning in for part two of our Bernies. Ooh, the Bernies. So and our last episode for the season. <gasps> It's been so Nostalgic. fun. It has. Little reminiscent moment. Do you remember we're telling stories about Carolyn Grills, Aunt Thally? Yes. We we're talking about the Wanda oh, Murders, God, which is our very first podcast, Wanda Beach Murders. That feels like forever ago. That It feels like a lifetime. I feel like we've grown <sighs> and I changed. Like too. I've changed, and, yeah. We've definitely changed and evolved. <laughs> and I think our audience has too. We're like spiritual. <laughs> I just realised I didn't pack any underwear to go lift go in my bags <laughs> of the car. <laughs> Where did that thought come from? I just from? was like, wow, I didn't pack any underwear. <laughs> like, I'm really interested in this training thought. So you were like, what were we talking about? And then... I don't that? know how that happened. I just suddenly went, I didn't get underwear. Okay, so I'm going to just talk I've about... I've changed. And then maybe it was changing, change of clothes, underwear. I don't have underwear for lift go. <laughs> um, so... Uh, That's great. <laughs> fuck me. I'm glad you remember now and sort of like pack halfway like there. Like I do. Like I pack like a crazy person. If I go somewhere for a couple of days, I pack like for every every scenario, scenario. because <laughs> I just don't know. Yeah, is it going to rain? Is it going to be cold? What if I go out clubbing? What if I just stay home? What if I? What do if it? I need seventeen dresses? Yes, I'm all about that. Also. You can never have enough underwear. I pack double underwear. Oh, me too. And I never use them. I need to them. change. Yeah. Look, yes, yes. It's but just I, in case you shit yourself. Yeah. <laughs> or pee yourself in oh, my case. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm going home. I always have to be like, do I have my pee-proof underwear? No, that's not a thing. I wish that was a thing. You, you can buy like period underwear. Oh, yeah. It's like period-proof right. underwear. So I'm sure it's pee-proof. isn't it? Yes. Thinks with an X. We're not sponsored by them. We're not. But if they wanted to. I've not to. tried them. Yeah, please. Send please. us some free panties. I would enjoy that. We're I don't say panties. It's so weird. That's an American thing. And it's creepy. Underwear. Speaking of things that are creepy. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about David and Catherine Bernie. Part two. So where we took off last was that Catherine had Had left her husband, Donald, for David. With the six or seven kids. With the seven kids. Yeah. Yeah. And she just was like, peace out. I'm going to go live with David. Yeah. Pick me up from this work that I don't work at. And he never saw her again. Yeah, exactly. So, over a period of five weeks, mm-hmm. um, the Bernies abducted five women, ages between 15 and 31, 
All of them were murdered except for one. All of them were raped and their final victim <coughs> escaped the day after her abduction, which led to the police going to the Bernie's house and ending their crime spree. Mm-hmm. Get very excited. I'm so excited. So let's go back to 1984. <coughs> Should we look up what was hot on the radio in 1984? Yeah, do it. 1984. 1984. I feel like. Top song. Back to the Future had to be out around this time, right? Right, surely. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Top selling singles for Australia in 1984. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Um, Dancing in the Dark by Bruce Springsteen. Uh, yep, cool. Got it, yep. It's Not Just Cricket by the 12 Men. I have no idea what. Is that I love it? It's not I don't love cricket. cricket. I, I love it. it. I it don't know one? if it's that song. I have no idea. <coughs> the Ghostbusters soundtrack. <laughs> yes, Ghostbusters. Yes. Careless Whisper by George Michael. Nineteen eighty four was an interesting time. That, I make Steve play that to me on saxophone <laughs> all the time. <laughs> uh, Wake me up before you go go by Wham. Of Lamb. course. God, George oh, Michael yeah. was killing it in nineteen eighty four. Yeah. Well, this was yeah yeah. Uh, before you go, go go, we don't have license for that song. There no, been. no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Also, they were really into like. Those fluoro bright sort of. Oh yeah, it was all in that <coughs> neon. Can you imagine the outfits? <coughs> uh, I, and like those weird white sneakers and stuff that were really bulky and. Oh, I just called to say I love you by Stevie Wonder. Oh my goodness, that's very cute. That's beautiful. Wow. Footloose by Kenny Loggins. Yes. Footloose. <laughs> oh, so that film would have come out yeah. around that time too. Hello and Kevin hello. Bacon that solo dance scene. I've, oh. never, I've never seen Footloose. Oh, wow. Okay. Woo. Do yourself a favour. <laughs> and just even if you just see Kevin Bacon's dance. I've seen the dance. Songs. Okay. But I've never actually like seen Footloose. The film's great. Okay. I, I don't really rate the new film that came out. People do, but I just, I'm a fan of the classics. But yeah, so totally watch it. And the last song was Hello by Lionel Richie. Hello. Is it me you're looking for? I can see it in your eyes. <laughs> okay, that's a really interesting mix. It's a very so a lot of love, kind of ballady sort of songs, and and then a lot of like yeah, dancing, bumpy, like bright sort of. But would you imagine the dancing? It's all with your feet, and also perms were huge. My mom's hair would just my mom had a perm. Yeah, she would have rocked a perm. She rocked a perm. Oh, my mom had cute, like she had a bob for a a stage there, but then she had cute. um, Oh, she had really short hair too. I think that was early eighties. But I've known her all my life just with really long hair. She had like this cute little box fringe and always curly hair, and I just she's just glamorous. So glam, everything I wanted to be. Beautiful. (laughs) Look at us now. (laughs) Look at me now. Just sweating on our sofa. All the hair, and when you look at all the photos, and of course they had the like high waisted denim jeans. Oh, and everyone had the the Mm. grease look. Yeah, (laughs) all over it. Oh, love Goodness, it. Goodness, 1980s. I bet Catherine had a pair of mum jeans, like those high-waisted oh, yeah. denim jeans, 100% right? she had oh. mum jeans. Oh, yeah. So in 1984, they moved into number three, Morehouse Street, oh. and this is where all their crimes were committed. 
<clears throat> now, let's get into their weird personal life. Okay. Just for a moment. Okay, just, okay. A little sidetrack. Just <clears throat> still imagine them in the mum jeans. Yeah. But also, so David is said to have a extremely large sexual appetite. Hence his, like, when you were talking about, like, the thousands of, like, affairs that he had when he was with Kerry. Yeah. I kind of was, like, first thing that popped into my head was, like, yeah, sexual appetite is off the charts. He like, is a sex addict. addict. Yeah. yeah. Which... Yeah. Poor, I mean, not poor, like Catherine's area. Like if you have a lot of activity down there, you need a little bit of space. And he probably was just like a little rabbit that was like, oh, and she's so like, I can't, but she would just try all the time. Is that what happened? Yeah. So like they would, uh, so she would try her best to kind of experiment with David as mm. much as she could. Cause he had really violent sexual fantasies. Mm. So like bondage, but I feel like bondage gets a bad name because yeah. <clears throat> that's two consenting adults yeah. where she's trying to fulfill his fantasy and not necessarily liking it, yeah. which is not okay. Yep. Um, <clears throat> like it's okay, I think, to try for a time, but if you you don't like it, that's, you know, you tap out. I'm yeah. not enjoying this. This isn't my thing. Let's go back to our usual, which I'm sure that wouldn't have been the case. She probably would have felt like he needed to like have yeah, some Yeah, sort of- she had to keep going. But once you open up that door – it would have kept getting further and further. Yeah. Maybe it started with a little bit of bondage and then maybe there was physical And then it's as like well. fantasy of uh, rape. Yeah. Which is just so awkward. Which, you know, oh. like not shaming anyone's thing, mm-hmm. if that's your thing, totally fine if you have two consenting adults. Exactly. Um, that's the thing here. So, but, so they started like getting more violent and David's getting more escalated until a point where he's like planning to rape and murder somebody. Mm. So he, they start buying books and looking about how, the best way to get away with rape and murder. That's so messed up. <clears throat> and there's even books out there that, I think that like cover that? Horror, or like, like horror movies, forensics books. Like, right, and it, see how people, how people got away. Were caught and yeah. then how to avoid that maybe. Exactly, because there's mm. a huge surge of like serial killers in the 70s, so like yes. Zodiac and things. Oh, the 70s. Fucked. <laughs> 80s were fucked. The 80s were too. All of it's fucked. And I, it's really interesting if you think about it like as a, like a social, shared social thing that they were talking about how like the 60s and 70s and 80s were so fucked and you think about the amount of rates in crime, especially in California in America in yeah. those sort of times, but all around because the 50s were so uptight and – the way people were, you know, you had to be like this and you had to be like that and you had to be this cookie-cutter kind of thing and it was so oppressive that people were just like, nah, had to break out and then society almost sort of rebelled from that strict period Yeah, and like all this crime and stuff happened as an afterweight. I think that's kind of interesting. I think that's a good – I think that's good. Have you ever heard the lead the – lead- fuel theory no okay this is very maybe side note no please t- um, okay but they're saying that um so we didn't have unleaded fuel until the 80s oh and lead gives you poisoning yeah so they're saying that maybe the reason there were so many serial killers and things happening in the like 60s up to the 80s was because there was lead in the air that was making you crazy Jeez. so if you were living in a larger city mm-hmm. and there's lots of lead you were like slowly yep. being poisoned. Oh my goodness. And if you were already 
predisposed to being a certain way inclined, violently inclined or whatever, if you've got that sort of substance constantly, then it would only sort of exacerbate those. Those like feelings. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. I'm glad the feel has changed now. Me too. I feel good about it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. So so the couple for like two years, they're trying to like work out a way to get away with murder. So they're learning stuff like if you, if there's blood on your skin, you decompose faster. Interesting. As a dead body. As a dead body. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. And if you're buried, you decompose faster because you're exposed to the elements. Right. So they're like learning these kind of little things about decomposition Mm -hmm. in order to get away with it. So they're planning it. That's what's fucked up. Okay. And then we come to Jamie. Jamie is David's little brother and this grosses me out to no end. But for his 21st birthday, David gave him Catherine. Wait, what? Yeah. So Jamie was allowed to have sex with David's girlfriend. What the actual what? Which just like kind of resonates with the incest fury. Yeah. And also, you can't give a person. Also. Where was her? Did she consent to that? Oh, she did anything for David. Oh, that's so messed up. Also, I'm sure he's probably like, nah, thanks, bro. I can get my oh, own. No. Oh, no. He oh, was- no. So they started having sex, like him and Jamie, while David was watching and then David got involved and they had like a threesome. Don't have threesomes with your family members, please. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to be that guy. Yeah, but there's a line, I think. There's a line. Needs to be drawn. You can. There's apps now where you can go in and find someone for a threesome. Yes, that's right. And just use that. Yes. You don't have to call down your family tree. Yeah. Just, mm. There's conveniently enough also family tree apps where you can find out who your family is so you don't have to simultaneously <laughs> work it out. Yeah. Um, oh, that, but that just shows you like what kind of mm. like it's obviously getting more and more depraved and disgusting. Yes. Could you imagine? I can't even imagine. It makes me feel sick. And it's also they – I've heard um, some analogies been used for like these kind of like uh, just really aggressive bad mix of a couple, like where one's a dynamite and one's a fuse. Yes, exactly. And like the pair separately might be kind of okay, but the pair together – uh, enable each other and it might be the subdom which maybe is more in this relationship that she was maybe oh sorry the no the dom empath I think it is in psychology terms yeah. where you have someone who's the empath who wants to fix someone and wants to do anything for that other person which Catherine clearly is and then the the dominant one who is David and he just rules everything yeah Oh, gosh, Sorry. Catherine, what are you doing? But maybe she was like, mm, he's younger. Sure, why not? So gross. Oh. So, so, so gross. So um, I don't know if this is like really widely publicised, but David, before he they killed their first victim, mm. David had spent a year stalking a lady in order to make her his first victim. A year? A year. So that's intense. Um, her name was Aubrey and she was a secretary, Audrey, what? and she was a secretary at a real estate agent in Perth. So mm. like they, they kind of like the way it's framed is like, it's like a real estate agent that's in a mall. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yep, yep. So he's shopping center. I don't know why I said mall. 
We have so many American words that we oh, use look, on we, the podcast only. It's I know. very strange. But we also, in my hometown, we have a shopping centre, but we never call it that. We go to the mall. Oh. We, we call it that, which I always found really weird because we do say the mall, but we never ever would say that in any other context. No way. So, so shopping centre. Shopping centre. So um, they're there and he's like, there's a bench out the front of it. Mm-hmm. So he sits on that bench and watches her for like a year. Mm. And eventually she starts to notice him and she's like, what a fucking, what is that guy doing out there? You know, just like creepy. Yeah. And then one day he kind of like, he obviously worked himself up to it. He walks into her office and she's only the secretary, mind you. And he's Mm. trying to convince her to go for her to go show him a house. Mm. And she's like, absolutely not. She's like, "Uh, if I go with you, I will die. That's You've been sitting on that bench for like ages. What a creep. Oh, yeah. No. So. And just watching her. Just watching her. Oh. Just so. And then like, okay, I'm kind of pissed off at this point because, and then he kept coming in and like harassing her for like a week. Where were her bosses? Where's Where her was the boss? security? Why? Being like, and you know, because it's the 80s, I bet the boss was like, I don't give a shit. Oh, he just, he just smile love. He's just get, trying to give you some affection. He's just trying to show you he's interested. So she had- Maybe he'll buy a house, show him some leg. Yeah, oh, like oh. that kind of shit. Oh, Which I don't know if that's true and that could be totally us. Yeah, we're exaggerating. But, but still, if makes- he was able to do this longer than two days, honestly, I've worked in places where there would be, especially this retail place not long ago, there was this one guy and he was weird. He was the local weirdo and he'd come into stores and talk to the young girls mm. for ages and never buy anything and just leave. And the women knew him in the store and as soon as he came in, he just made a beeline straight for me. And then my manager stepped in, intercepted, and she goes, Sam, you needed to go do something out the back. She sent me out the back and she spoke to him and then he left. Good. And then I came back out and she said, he's weird. And she told me the story about this. It's like women are so perceptive. Yeah. And that happened, that never was able to occur again because they intercepted it straight away. So how was he able to do this for a week? I have no idea. And then she had to get her husband to come in. Oh. So he was like hiding out the back or behind her or something and he came in and then his husband st- then her husband stepped out and confronted him good and w- and then he like ran away david was like peace and never what saw her again so she cowardly and now and like nugget. when the news broke she was like oh my god that was the dude that used to come and sit outside my work holy but the fact that she had to get her husband to come into the workplace yeah. to do that. It's all kinds of annoying and Where stupid. Where were the staff? Where is anyone else it? helping oh. this woman? Where is the mall security? Where are the people that maybe they didn't have it back the then? The 80s That's, were on fucking crack. Thank goodness she did that though. Imagine if she didn't and she was just like, oh, no, it's fine. I'm just going to put up with it. And then he probably would have plotted further to make her his first victim. So I find this really like significant because it shows something in David, like where he's way more confident now. Mm. You know what I mean? Like he's like edging towards, I could do this. Yeah. And then uh, we come down to their first victim and this is really sad. And I'm going to tell everyone all of this is sad, but Mm. um, stick with us because it eventually ends up okay. Maybe. I don't know. It's You listen to this podcast. You get what the go is. <laughs> so uh, 22-year-old Mary Nielsen. Now, David knew Mary because 
he she was the daughter of a regular customer that used to come into his work at the wrecking yard. Mm-hmm. Um, Mary met David when she came to work. Uh, came to her, his work and he offered to sell her some tires at his, that he had at his house for cheap. Um. She's like a student at um, at the Western Australia University and she's studying psychology. Hmm. So she's – and, like, you know, you're a uni yeah. student and tires are and like, fucking expensive. And I've had to change tires on cars and been mm. like, I can't afford it or, you know, and – um. You know, even getting anything, getting a car service yeah. is fucking pricey. So if someone's going to offer you a cheap deal, of course you're going to fucking take Hell it. yeah. And and also, like, he might have been – it also shows that maybe as creepy as he is, he also might have had some kind of charming quality to him that she felt comfortable enough. But also he's like, oh, I know your dad. And she's like, yeah. oh, okay, cool. Okay, this is something that I feel, yeah. I feel comfortable going to your house. Yeah. So – on the 6th of October, 1986, Mary went to David's house and then she was taken inside by a knife point. She was chained to the bed, raped mm. repeatedly while Catherine watched. Oh, it's just so awful. So bad. And um, then she was taken to Glen Eagles National Park where she was raped a final time and then strangled with a piece of like a nylon cord. And then buried in a shovel, um, shallow grave. Oh my gosh. So David stabbed the body so he would help like the decomposition yeah. afterward, like post-mortem. And then he buried her. Mm. So it's pretty sad. But Catherine saw this as David like cheating on her. Of course she did. Because she doesn't She's see a weirdo. the other things that are completely wrong with the situation. <laughs> yeah, it's like what's really wrong here is the fact that you cheated on me, not all the other, the rape and the murder and, and everything like that. And oh the chains to the bed and how organised we are with all this. Oh, my gosh. Why would she watch? I just, it's all kinds of messed up. Surely it hurt her to watch. She's not a fucking robot she would have felt mm, something yeah or maybe she just felt numb oh, oh, no. worse. anyway so Catherine decided from now on that she would pick the victims because it's kind of like i get to pick who you cheat on me with and then she kind of gets to take a little bit of power in this weird power dynamic yep uh-huh so this is creepy and i fucking hate this and he was kind of like yeah okay um, so Mary was put missing pretty much like straight away. Oh, my nose. <laughs> um, but no one had any reason to like kind of suspect the Bernies because like it's too random. It's like degrees of separation. Mm. And obviously Mary didn't tell anyone where she was going. It's like, fuck. Oh, my gosh. So they get away with that word um, and it's they wait two weeks which is nothing, no mm. amount of time. And that whole time I bet you David would have just been like frothing, just like waiting for the next. Waiting for the next thing to happen. Uh. <clears throat> and then they start cruising um, Perth's highways at night mm. um, and they try and f- um, like two weeks after the murder to f- look for another person to murder, which is wild. Mm-hmm. So they're hunting. They're like. Yeah, they're full on hunting. It's fucked. Yeah. And then they find, and this is really sad, they find uh, Susanna Candy, who was 15. Oh, was probably just out with some friends and then just walking home. She like... was hitchhiking from home from work. So she finished a shift and was like, I need to get home. And she hitchhiked home, which no. she was prone to doing uh, in Claremont. And that, like, 
Claremont, there's a huge like murder case that happened on the Claremont Highway. Mm. So, but we'll cover in a different yeah. episode. But yeah, crazy. Goodness. So she gets in the car and they immediately at knife point um, take her into the car and then take her into the Morehouse Street um, house where she was gagged and raped by David for three days. Oh, my gosh. That's awful. This is, this is awful. All of this is awful and I very much apologise. <clears throat> the Bernies forced her to write a letter to her family assuring that she was all right and that she'd run off to Queensland. Oh my gosh. So that if she's, she would never be like reported a missing person yeah. because how sadistic. That's so, so obviously they'd learnt from mm, the first one. My gosh. Um, after the Bernies were finished raping the girl, Catherine, Kathleen got into bed with them and then they both raped her together and sexually assaulted her together. So Catherine as well got in there? Yeah. Oh my god! As a way to like please David. Oh my goodness! It's and then, oh, seeing she's fifteen. She would have been so confused and so like seeing this this maternal, you know, woman, and then all of a sudden doing these horrific things to her as well. It's Here's like, the thing: you'd get into the car if you were hitchhiking. You'd more likely get into the car with Sorry. a woman, yeah, because there's an unspoken code yeah. amongst women yeah. to not hurt other women. Yes. And, you know, if one dude's creepy, it's the woman's, like, sorry, let's just go into womanhood, yeah, sisterhood. Which is If one of, guy's being creepy and you see her being him being creepy yes. to another girl, you pull that other girl away. Yes. Because that is sisterhood. Yeah, that's the code, the unspoken code. Yeah, that and we so all have. I don't, I, I understand her going, she's probably gone, oh, creepy guy. There's a woman here. Okay, maybe I feel a bit safe because of, Because, you know. like, it's fine. Oh, gosh. No. Um, now, so this is really sad. Mm. David tries to strangle her with a nylon cord, but she just goes crazy and she's like screaming. So then they start using another tactic where they force her to have sleeping pills and then wait till she's asleep and then Mm. choke her while she's asleep. And then, but so David gives her the pills and then when she's asleep, he says to Catherine, if you want to prove that you love me, you have to kill her too. And makes Catherine murder her. Oh my goodness. Like strangle her while yeah. she's passed out. Yeah. Of course. So then she feels like she's more involved in the She's crime. responsible. It's another way yeah. yeah, that he can have control over her. And he's like, well, if I'm going down, you're going down with yeah. me. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, and also maybe to see how far, testing could, how far she would go. Yeah. He's like, I'll give you yeah, a little bit push, and yeah. just like see how far I can push you. My goodness. Now, Catherine later, when she was like asked about why she did this, mm-hmm. and she's like, because I wanted to see how strong I was with, uh, within my inner self. Uh, this quote is so long and so gross. Um, I didn't feel a thing. It was like I expected. I was prepared to follow him to the end of the earth and do anything he's, um, to see that his desires were satisfied. And then she says this, she was a female, females hurt and destroy males. I didn't get that. I was like, what are you trying to say here? That's that's obviously just like a cop out. She was like, well, this is something else we can say. It's like, mm, it's like, no. Yeah. No, 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 no. You're <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. Acknowledge your shit. But this is interesting here about I didn't feel a thing. So when we're talking about like her going numb. Her watching them. 
like maybe she would have felt like the only sensation she did feel was that she felt betrayed by this man who was what she saw as cheating. But how much of a narcissist do you have to be to be like, he's raping a girl and all I can think think about about is myself yeah, and how it hurts me what he's doing. And also that's just insane to think that someone, I mean, I can't even squash a bug without, I can't squash a bug. I just wouldn't, if I did something, if I stood on a snail accidentally, I'd feel so bad. I just couldn't imagine being in a situation, seeing something that horrible and not wanting to A, do something to prevent it, to stop it, or B, I could never imagine just being numb or empty or just just feeling nothing like she says. I mean, I don't know. It's just fucking wild. But then he's also mm, turned her into this person in some ways. And he's used all his power to make yeah. her into this person. He's yeah. pure evil. He's And then whatever, she's like the devil's right-hand man. Yeah, whatever's like was of Catherine with Dave, with Donald and having the kids and everything, that part of herself that she found again was completely squashed and pulled and ripped apart when David got with her again. What a fucking crazy person. And he's done it in this kind of progressive steps, you yeah. know. It was... The, have sex the, with my brother yeah and then violently sexual stuff and then the researching and everything so he's kind of almost groomed her in a way he set to her be yeah. who she is here's the thing they're both equally responsible because they're both totally. equally terrible human beings yeah totally okay and then they buried her um her body out in glen eagles national park next to mary's oh my goodness did they also use blood as a way to try and yeah, exactly yeah, okay um okay and then their third victim and this one i find very interesting and it's kind of crazy so they continue to cruise like the streets of perth and they would like so basically what would happen if they they had to both agree that they were going to murder somebody so obviously they picked up hitchhikers and then been like no 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 so um they would use the code i've got the munchies when they were like ready for the next victim, yeah. that's fucked. I'm never going to be able. To, I can't believe that. Yeah. So this is like crazy, and we only know this because the last victim got away and told had yeah. so much information. Wow. And then the other person would be like, "I've got the munchies too," and then they would then take somebody at knife point. Oh my goodness. So this happened on my birthday. I just have to say it happened on my birthday. Oh, it totally did. <laughs> it's 30th of October, 1986. I was not born then. It's fine. My brother was 1986. Wow. Much, yeah. Wow. 31-year-old. 31-year-old uh, Nolene Patterson was standing on the highway next to a car uh, on the Canning Highway and she'd run out of petrol. Oh, no. On the way home from her job where she was like the bar manager at a golf club. Mm-hmm. Which... Sounds like a terrible job because golf is boring. Oh, it is. Oh, it is. Well, that's why you need a bar there, right? <laughs> All the <laughs> she scotch. She was doing such a noble – it's a good service. Yeah. Um, so she pick, she's picked up by the Bernies who are like, I'll give you a lift into town mm. and you can grab some fuel because, yeah. I mean, that's happened to all of us. Oh, yeah. I've run out of fuel and been like, I'm fucked now. Yeah. What's going to happen? Um, so she was picked up by the Bernies and driven to their house at Knife Point. Mm. Of course, they had no mobile phones back then. So nope. it's not like you could just ring 
she'd have to walk ages probably to a to pay phone. And it's so, perf, so I'm guessing everything is super far away because it's <laughs> fucking massive. So in your mind you're thinking this is the better option, getting in a car to yeah. get to, you know. And so. same thing. There's a woman there. Mm-hmm. There's an unspoken sisterhood yeah. that we all know. <laughs> you fucking betrayed it, Catherine. Yeah, and I'm not okay with it. <laughs> um, she was taken back to the Morehouse Street and mm. then David raped her repeatedly and gagged her. As he ch- and when changes to the bed, so they had like a spare room where they do this. It's just the logistics of that annoys me. Yes. Ah, oh, again, they would have had to set up this kind of like rape den. Yeah. Fucking gross. Oh. Now they had also side note, like being Nolene going into that and seeing it had obviously been used before and being like. They've done this to other women. Yeah. And you were just like. I'm going into this. <gasps> you just, uh, the, the thoughts in her mind would have been so awful. So what they would usually do is pick up the girl in the afternoon and then kill her that night. Mm-hmm. Um, or they'd wait a couple of days. Mm. And they were planning because they'd kept the one for so long, they wanted to kill N- Nolene straight away mm. because it's messy and whatever else. Yeah. And they've, I mean, thinking about it, it's pretty gross. Mm. But Nolene is um, – Dave wanted to keep Nolene alive because he had obviously developed some sort of romantic feelings for her, mm. which is awful. But Nolene is like a smart lady, right? Mm. And she decides that she's going to like play them against each other. Very clever move. Which is a strong move. Mm. Especially she's like saying to David like, oh, you should leave Catherine mm. and then like come with me and we could do this all the time and it'll be fun. It's like playing mm. up to your victim. And so many times I've heard of cases where the victim kind of is nice to the attacker in order to get away. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, I mean. It's definitely a smart move because if you were, she had to one of, uh, cu- you know, a couple of options, but if she were to play nice to Catherine in the hopes that she would feel guilty and let her go. She obviously was like, that's not going to happen because she's so obsessed with this man. She would never do anything to betray him. So that's a bad move. The only move is to try and get David because he's obviously got the power and the control to make the decision to let her go. Exactly. So that was the better of the two options, which is such an incredibly smart move. It's, I wouldn't, you just, I would be in pure panic. Yeah. I don't, I, I would just not even be able to react at all, but that she was able to go, this is my way to sort of find a hope of getting out of this situation. Yeah. yeah. So, um, she does this to like kind of get hope and then mm. calf and like, but she doesn't account for Catherine's reaction. Mm. So Catherine gets jealous because she's a fucking moron yep who can't lives in a fantasy world and can't see what's actually happening here is fucked up Mm. and then she gives david an ultimatum she's like i will kill myself unless you kill her oh my goodness so david then makes her overdose on sleeping pills and strangles her while she's asleep Oh my goodness. But they're like, there's kind of like signs that he like really fell for Nolene. So he took her body out to the forest and buried her away from the other victims mm. and took longer with the body, which is kind of, it sounds really bizarre, but it does show that he's like, he has a feeling. Yeah. For her that she was 
special to him in a way. Yeah. Um, which makes sense. There's a later note I remember reading down later on yeah. that we can bring up when it comes up too, which makes sense. Because um, he mm. has some sort of feelings. Yeah. Then like two days after murdering Nolene. Two days. Two days. So they're in frenzy mode where they're like. No. You've gone from two weeks. two weeks since the first victim yeah. and then it was another week. week. And then and now two, two days. days. They're like, that, Yeah, that's progressing hugely. So just imagine if they had never got caught. Uh, they took to looking for victim number four and they found 21-year-old Denise Brown who was waiting for a bus on Sterling Highway. Waiting mm. for a bus. You can't even wait for a bus anymore. No. My gosh, that's added to the list of things we can't do. She was alone, so they got out of the car and at knife point they put her into their car. Oh, my goodness. And then she was taken to the Morehouse uh, Street um, property and then she was imprisoned and raped by David. Mm. She was murdered that same night, but this is oh this is where it gets crazy. So she was taken to the uh, Wainaroo Pine Plantation. So I'm guessing, I'm guessing it's a different location from the Glen Eagles national park but still in the same national park yeah so different to where the other bodies were found um and he took her out there and raped her and stabbed her while he was raping her oh my goodness which is awful awful he then put her in a shallow grave and she was bleeding but she was still alive Mm. and she sat up in the grave oh my goodness so he then Beat her head. This is also awful, by the way. I'm so sorry. And then he beat her head in with an axe and buried her. But the police have shown that she was still alive while she was getting buried. Mm, That's so awful. So, like. I don't blame her for sitting up straight away because it's like, I can't breathe. Like, also, you're bleeding out. What the fuck? Yeah. Just, like. If she had, you know, waited a bit longer till after they were gone, but how long would they have waited there? And you just and then she's and in that buried. situation, you can't breathe, and your first physical reaction is, "I need air." And so you would have had that reaction to yeah. to sit up, and so things are definitely escalating at that point. Yeah. From like the first one was strangled, which is a very intimate thing to horrible do, horrible thing to do. It's very intimate because it's hands on the person. Then they wanted to be removed by having sleeping pills and then strangling, but the person's not really sort of. And now he like wants to look in the eye yeah. and it's fucked up. And now it's stabbing while they're alive, so it's definitely getting much more violent. It's well, it's so fucking horrendous. My goodness. <sighs> okay, and then that brings us down to the last victim. Now, this is so interesting. So the last victim, 17-year-old Kate Moore, who was abducted at Knife Point after accepting a ride from the Bernie. So basically what happened was she was out with mm. uh, at a party with friends and she was like, I'm going to walk home. Mm-hmm. And then these guys were like, then the, they pulled up and were like, you know, come in, we'll drive you home and you can buy, I think under the pretense that she could buy pot from them. Because okay, yeah. Catherine and David also dealt pot. That's right, out yeah. of their house, yeah. Which, you know, mm. whatever. You do you. Ladies. <laughs> You do you. Uh, so she gets in the back of the car at knife and like, she gets in the back of the car. They drive her to her house. Then at knife point, they like say no and they drive her to the mall house. Oh, my goodness. Which is such a fucked up move. Why would you drive her all the way home and then, oh. Uh, 
okay. Just toying with her. They're playing. Yeah. And then they're like, she's like, are you going to kill or rape me? And they were like, oh, if you're, uh, we'll only rape you if you're good. Oh, my goodness. goodness. So, like, we'll only do this thing and not kill you. So then you think, okay, we'll we'll go through it. I don't know. I I mean, I don't know even how I would react in that situation, but for her to think she might have gone, okay, this is a serious thing that so they've used those, you know. She talks about getting in the car. She gets in the car. Yep. They close the door. She looks and there's no fucking handles. Oh, no. Could you imagine the fucking stress? Oh, my god. Because I get freaked out when I get into an Uber and the doors lock. Yeah. I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> Unlock that shit. <laughs> oh, no. I don't like it one yeah, bit. No. It scares the living shit out of me. Yeah. Now, she's taken into the house and they make her shower straight away. Mm. And they take her clothes and throw them out. Mm-hmm. So, like, all her belongings are kind of, like, thrown away. Oh, my god! So this must have been the process what they did for the other victims, but we don't know that because obviously they're... So that they were... She was potentially held naked the whole time? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um... There's a really, uh, I don't know, I'll talk about Hounds of Love later, but please watch yeah. that movie. It's very good. Oh. Um, she was made to shower and like, and then they made her dance to a song by the Dire Straits called Romeo and Juliet. Oh my goodness. You would be, you'd never be able to listen to that song ever again. I mean, yeah. Yeah. That's fucked up. That's really fucked up. And then they were watching a movie in the background and they're watching Rambo. Oh, God. The scene can't get more 80s. Oh, goodness. Like, just talk about traumatizing. You'd just be like, Whoa. okay. Uh, and then they made her sleep in their bed while being handcuffed to David. Oh, my goodness. That's disgusting. You never would have slept a wink, poor girl. Um, and she know she knows like not to go to sleep. She's like, if I go to sleep here, I will die. Yeah. So I'm not gonna go to sleep. Yeah. Um, and then he raped her for the first time a little not long after midnight. And Catherine Bernie watched and took notes. Sick. Oh, which is just... fucking crazy. Oh my goodness. Um. So this entire time, all these things are fucking horrible happening. Uh, but Kate is like an extremely smart lady and she's making a mental note to remember all the details about the place that she's in. So she's like dire straits, Rambo, weird house on Moorhead street. Mm-hmm. She's like knowing where they are. Yep. And then she's doing like, she walked into the house when she still had a, like her purse and stuff and hid like a lipstick somewhere. Clever. Cause she's like, I'm never going to leave this house. People need to know I was here. Yep. Right. So clever. So they're in bed um, sometime during the night. Catherine, like, um, she convinces them to give them give her a piece of paper so she can write a goodbye note to all her friends and family. Mm. And on a piece of paper she writes um, her name mm-hmm. and sticks it under um, and, like, keeps it on her. So then Catherine, like, halfway through, like, David's obviously giving her too much attention. She's like, no, nah, you're going to go sleep in the other bed. So she takes him into the spare room. And she hides the note that she'd written her name on underneath the mattress. Yep. Clever. And they try and give her sleeping pills and she's taking them out of her, hiding them under her tongue and then hiding them under her mattress. Clever. So people, so she's like, people need to know I'm here. Yep. Now they take her into the, um, the spare bedroom and they continue to rape her, which is just fucking awful. 
Um, but every time they go to give her a sleeping pill, it's coming out of like a prescription bottle mm-hmm. because I'm guessing like they're hardcore sleeping yeah. pills. Mm-hmm. And she notices the name on the prescription bottle is David Burney. Yes. And she's like, remember that name. Yep. I'm going to like, she's in survival that mode. Name, just burning it into her brain. Yeah. Yep. She's in like. Yeah, full straight on, up survival mode. I'm, people need to know I was here. Yep. This is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You're like, you yep. know, fucking wild. Yeah. There was a, sorry, side note. There was a, a young girl who was um, raped by, really horrific, uh, raped by a, I think he was an army or he was in the Navy. I think he was in the Navy. And he assaulted her in his car and she spat and made sure to like leave as much of her DNA. She ripped out bits of her hair. She le- left yep. nails and stuff in the car so that knowing that she would be able to go back to the car and they would be able to find the evidence and prove that this happened there. It's And that kind of like foresight is incredible and that Kate was able to to did they I wonder if they ever got suspicious that she wasn't or maybe she acted that she was getting a bit yeah I think I think like they he wanted to keep her longer Mm. so the next morning David held a a knife to her throat and made her call her mum oh my goodness so this is obviously escalating from the letters yeah and she called her mom and she goes I've been at my friend's house and I've had too many drinks and hoping that her mom would catch on because Catherine, because Kate doesn't drink. Oh. But her mom didn't catch on because this is why you need a code word at all times. Yeah. That's a great idea to have like a code word. Yeah. With someone to be like, oh, and I've had too many drinks and it could be like, and I'm feeling a bit fluffy. Yeah. Something kind of obscure but still would work in a context. Yeah. It's that. fucking crazy. That is so, oh my goodness, and so awful. And she couldn't have gone, no, mum, I'm da da da, because they would have just killed her straight yeah. away, you know. So that wouldn't have solved anything. No, and, so and then was, they would have just killed her then. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so David leaves for work because he holds down a normal job while doing this. Oh my days. So, also, just a side note about his work. So he worked at the Wreckers, mm. right? Obviously, and the. His boss is a woman and she comes on this like TV series and she talks about David and talks about how nice he was at work and such a nice guy. Doesn't matter. And one week he got overpaid in his page check and came in and told her. Oh, give him the Australian of the year, eh? Straight <laughs> up. Oh, what a decent and she's bloke. Like, she was like shook. When this happened, she was like, what the actual fuck. Was she standing up for him though? No, was no, she... she was just like, okay. Like, this is the kind of person, like, mask he put on. How yep. crazy is that? Right. Okay. Because I was thinking she was like, oh, I, you know, he wouldn't have done it. He was a. No. Okay, good. She was just shook because he. Because he. She didn't suspect a thing. No. Like, oh, that's so weird. So, David leaves for work. Catherine obviously is a bit. Mm. frazzled because it's it's seeming like Nolene again where Mm. David kind of likes Kate yeah because they're keeping her alive yeah and then a knock comes to the door and there's someone who wants to buy pot so in between she's like moving her from like the toilet back to her room and she goes to like chain her up and then someone knocks at the door and she's like fuck okay and then she like quickly closes the door and runs out to go figure Mm. out who's at the door 
and she forgets to Kate to chain Kate up. Now, whether oh. she forgets or she really wants this to end is debatable. Oh, okay, right. Because I would human nature tells me that she'd want this to end. Yeah. But the knowledge of this case makes me think like she just forgot. Yep. Also, she's probably on a lot. She's probably smoking a lot of pot. Yeah, she's probably a bit out of it. And then her first thing was like, shit, if someone's at the knock at the door, she could scream out to them and will they come into the house? So I just have to get them away as soon as possible. So Kate becomes in the back of her mind. But then in that absence, she forgets that she hasn't locked her up, which is all the more to Kate's advantage. So Kate sees an opportunity and she's in her room and she notices that the window is unlocked. Yes. So she climbs out the window when there's a fair drop between the window and the um, driveway. Again, survival mode, right? And she just just jumps out. Oh, what a legend. And she like tumbles. She's wearing, she's only wearing like stockings Mm -hmm. and a singlet. Oh, wow. So she's like running and then she just, Gets up and fucking runs. And yes, obviously, like Catherine runs after her and tries to stop her, but then, like, she just fucking takes off. She yep. beelines. She goes to four people's house, houses, and no one answers the door. Oh my gosh, that's the worst thing you could imagine. Yeah. Just someone Cause just like, not being at there. Could you imagine if that happened to me now? I wouldn't answer. Really? Like someone knocking on the door and screaming, like, mm, how do I know you're not bad? No, I feel like I would. <laughs> I don't that know. Would probably put could potentially put me in a bad situation, but I feel like if it was just a solo person and they were partially whatever, I yeah. Look, I understand where people, but is this because people didn't answer or they just weren't home? It, I mean, it could be because they weren't home, or, or it could be because like they were like this person could be on drugs because maybe that's a known drug house and they're like, oh, she's yeah. come from the drug house. Yeah, she's obviously having a bad trip. Yeah, we'll just call the police. Yeah. But I guess like the kind of attitude in the eighties as well as like which we've known from the Lynn Dawson case is just like mind your business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like right. it's not your fucking problem. Yeah. Don't worry about it. So she she like runs and she runs around the corner and she finds a shop and she runs inside the small shop and she's like, You need to call the police, call them straight away. I've been raped, rah rah rah. Mm. And the shopkeeper's like, Okay. And okay. he calms her down. Right? Yeah. But she's so smart. Yeah. Like she's so smart. She's like if a woman comes in here and tells you that she's my mom and I've run away from her, that is not my mom. She captured me and her husband has been raping me. That's perfect. Could is you, that what happened? Yeah. No, no, she, like, no Catherine never came in. But that's still so clever for yeah. her to, yep. Be like, don't trust this person. She is not my mother. Yep. You need to call the police. Yep. Because like, why would you that's, believe a hysterical again, woman? Again, such foresight for her to go, that's her, she's probably looking for her, she'll come in, they'll think this is a teenage girl, she's just trying to run away Wait, from home. Yeah. Go with your mum. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, gosh, that's a terrible thing. <gasps> um, But obviously Catherine doesn't come in and the no. cops go and to go the, pick her up. the corner shop. Yep. Yeah. Now, we should just note here, because of the escalation in Denise, uh, Denise's murder, Kate's murder would have been way more horrific and awful if yep. she didn't get away. And most likely probably that night, if not the next day, right? Yeah. Because she'd been there for a couple of days. Yeah. Or she'd been there for 12 hours or something. Oh, okay. So, yep, right. So. So it would have been probably wait. after maybe he got back from, from work. work. Obviously yeah. it wouldn't have been that time while he was away. 
Mm-hmm. Catherine would have just chilled out by herself. Like the weirdo. I don't know. Just like sitting there and listening yeah. to Dire Straits and being <laughs> fucking weird. Watching Rambo. Watch, just pod. watching Rambo over and over again. <laughs> How many times can you watch Rambo? <laughs> oh my gosh. So. Yes. She arrives me. at the police station and she tells them what happened. Mm-hmm. And the police palm her off to what? a rookie constable. Oh my goodness. And they're like, yeah, yeah, she's definitely lying. Because why believe women when they say things? It doesn't make any sense. Why on what possible reason would she have to lie about that? Why would you lie about that? I know. Police are messed up in the 80s. So she comes there and she tells them how she's been abducted at my point by a couple and taken to the house and rape, mm-hmm. raped her. So they give her to 22-year-old Constable Laura Hancock who's it's her first day on the job and she's never taken a statement before oh my goodness could you imagine my goodness but it's a woman so i would have been like thank fuck she's not gonna like condescend me while i'm telling the story um and then she sits down with her and she's telling her all these details. She's and probably t- just like really erratic, right? Because she had so much information. She yeah. just went a blue house. It's this on this street. She's like that, that. tells them the color of the house. Yep. The number on the street. Yep. Of the house. She tells them like his I name hear, from the prescription pills. Probably. She's like, we listened to this song. This song. This movie was in the yep. VCR. They did this. They did this. Giving them details. I put lipstick here. here. I my put, notes here. Sleeping pills yep. here. Yeah. She's left a trail yeah and then she's giving them so many details and she's like do you know who it was like this any indication and she's like oh they told me their names were this and this Mm -hmm. but i saw in the prescription pill bottle that his name was david burney and it's then she was like okay and i I imagine her slowly backing out the room (laughs) and being like boss um we need to do something uh, we need to go because (laughs) yeah because the burnies were really well known as petty thefts yep and he had a criminal record yep so later that day they um went and picked up the bernies Mm. and when they went to the house they found the drawing that kate Mm. had done like the writing her name on that piece of paper they found the vc uh vhs copy of rambo in the um player yep they found um they found the pills that she had hid and she yep. they found the lipstick, the lipstick. yeah so she was a hundred percent there telling the truth yeah and a hundred percent yeah so they were arrested and then um interviewed and they gave like so they finally arrested it's finally like fucking over mm. their reign of terror yes um and then they give really conflicting interviews so Catherine denies of a meeting Kate. Mm. She's like, I don't know who, what you're talking about. There is no way I know her. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. And then David, because David is such a fucking psychopath, he insisted that Moore came around and had a threesome with him and his wife. Look, I think that would be, if you're in that situation, I'm sure he probably thought, well, she's there's evidence she's probably been in the house. There's evidence that she's been raped. So if I just say it's consensual, then it'll be fine. Then that'll contradict. Doesn't really story. make sense for the chains, though, David. No, does it? Does it? Yeah. yeah, and the sleeping pills, and maybe just mm. 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 goodness. So they sit down for him. They're interviewing for hours, and it's like in late in the afternoon at this point, mm. where they're like, okay. And then this detective, uh, Vince Clutch, mm-hmm. he's just like, 
fucking over it. Yeah. He's like, this is bullshit. What you're doing is bullshit. I know you're bullshitting to me. Yeah. And he just says like on a, on a whim, on a Hail Mary, David, it's getting dark now. So you need to start to show me where the bodies are. Mm. And David goes, okay. Oh, wow. So just throwaway comment of like, it's getting dark. You need to show me now. Fantastic. Just, yeah. Like who, like fucking wild. And also also having this other sort of domineering male because we know how he reacts when there's another male in the situation. He runs away. Because he cowers. Can't handle other men. Yeah. So David later said that it was like the least he could do for the victim's family is show them where the graves were. Look, he's horrible human, but that's like... But yes. There are killers who out never there. say never anything, never say, and never reveal where and the bodies like, are. You're in there for like you're life. You're a piece of shit. So you're just, never getting out. Just just do be it. in there for life. Yeah, you know, like it's fine. Ugh. So I mean, he's still a horrible person. This does not redeem him one little bit, but it's one small little thing that the families were able to actually have closure. Yeah. Oh my goodness! And can you imagine the family? Of the fifteen-year-old girl, just what was her name? Who was the um, hitchhiker? And they told her to write Susanna Candy. Yes, and they told her to write the letters. They would have been like, she didn't go to Queensland at all. Fucking how awful! Oh. So they take Catherine and David out to go show them where they're mm-hmm. hidden, and the detectives are kind of blown away by Catherine. Mm. So Catherine, like, doesn't show any kind of sign of, like, remorse or that she's, like, sad. Mm. And then when they go to Nolene's grave where she's buried, she spits on Nolene's grave. Which when I was thinking before when Nolene played them against each other and she got really jealous and made the ultimatum, that's why she spat on the grave because obviously that's the... She's still jealous of her and she's dead. dead. She never wanted it. She never wanted to... You, in your sick mind, it's just... Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Oh. I, as a police officer... I probably would have, I just, I, I would have been, I, I don't know how I would have, I would have just, mm, if I would seen that, I would have been like. You'd have to like control yourself because yeah. you'd have to be so yeah. poker faced and be like, okay, that happened. But then later on drinking with your mates, like what a fucking cunt. <laughs> yeah. And you've got rings in your mind. Yeah. Oh my god! Am I right? <laughs> Please officer. Right? <laughs> Please officer, right in. Tell oh me how many times is. you've called someone a cunt. <laughs> um, okay. All the time. So they're sent. They're in. Um, they're obviously locked away straight away, and then like they mm. are going into court. And it's obviously it's very well publicized. This whole thing. Yeah. So journalists are all over this because this is horrendous. Oh yeah. And then they do this thing, which makes me very upset. So there's footage of this of them going from going into the court. So they were try. They had a trial together because yeah. they're, which is. Which now they would have been separated and trialed separately. Yeah. But they had their trial was together. Together. Which is weird. It is weird. So on the way into the courtroom, they David goes first and they're screaming out shit to David. Mm. And they're like, you know, you're a fucking low life. And they're like giving him crap. Yeah. And then he blows them a kiss. Mm. Like he's just, he's lost it. He's like off the fucking planet at this yeah. point. But then they like... <laughs> This just talks about the time more than anything and it really annoys me because like Catherine comes out and they start yelling at her and calling her a slut, mm. which, no. 
I don't like that word in general. I don't. And also that's just. That's not it. No. She's a fucking dirtbag. Yes. She's a low life too. The same insults that you call him, you call her. She is not. She's a woman. The word slut. Yeah. Fucking infuriates me. Yeah. In such a stranger. The word bitch, I don't really care. It's like, yeah. Yeah, Call me a bitch because I am one. Yeah. You know what? And S-L-U-T, that word in general is like was a word that was used to hold over women who were actually sexually confident and who were proud of their sexuality and were not ashamed of it. And so they use that word as a way to, as a derogatory way as to like sort of hold over women who were, you know, and so that's why it's really horrible using that in situation because it's like, no, she wasn't a sexually confident person. She was a horrible, horrible human being. Yeah. And she was... (laughs) Equally as bad as David. And like, yeah. Well, anyway, that's my little rant about that word. Yes. Because it made me very mad. Oh, I don't blame you. So, um, and there also this like journalist tells this amazing story. So yeah. they're in court and David's like sitting in front of Catherine mm. and she, he's like, God, he's cuffed. So his hands are hot behind his back. And Catherine like reaches forward and they're like, yeah, they're telling him what he's sentenced for. They're like, you were being sent and like, we're bringing up on charges of murder in the first degree for this, this, and this, and this. Yeah. And she cu- leans forward and rubs his thumb with her finger. That's so creepy. So fucking creepy. Why? Because people fuck. It's probably her being like, I'm here, I'm supporting you. Yeah. Like, no. No. Even in that moment, how is it, ne- how is the penny never dropped? In the- She's just oh. like, never thought, no, this is fucking shit. Yeah. So, David pled guilty to all uh, charges and was sentenced to four life sentences in prison. Yeah, good. Um, Catherine tried to plead insanity but then was found sane enough to stand trial. Yeah. And she was sentenced to four-time life terms in prison as well uh, under the Supreme Court of Western Australia. So it went all the way to the Supreme Court. Gee. Um, Again. And at the time. The judge is like, oh, you guys are back. Oh, Oh, and I see we should have probably done something when you guys were, we're fucking here. committing burglary 53 times. And yeah. You know, yeah, that's kind of our bad. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they were both required to serve 20 years before being eligible for parole. My goodness. Okay. Um, while incarcerated, the mm-hmm. Bernies exchanged 2,600 letters because they weren't allowed to have any other. I didn't even know they were allowed to communicate with they each other. They shouldn't have by been letters. allowed to communicate they at have. all. Yeah, but they were allowed to exchange letters. See, that's even bullshit because um, Stacey Mitchell case mm. that uh, in WA also it was in two thousand six. Remember the two? Oh yeah, and she. They was, weren't allowed to write letters. They weren't allowed any contact at all. It was like another form of punishment. Yeah, and they had to secretly pass letters through different prisoners through different prisoners to get to each other. So this is. I this is I would not have allowed this to happen. How they were able to do this is beyond me. Eighties, yeah, eighties, eighties were on crack. <laughs> so like crazy. And then That's eventually, uh, Catherine stops writing to David. So oh. I find that really fascinating. Yeah. So obviously, I thought he would have been the first to stop writing. He'd be like, "I'm bored of you now." Yeah. But I think she's just realized like he has no control over me. The further I am away from him, yeah, she's. She's so capable for everything that she fucking did. Oh, totally. But, like, it's just wild. I think that fact was really yeah. crazy to me. Yeah. It's not without bits of coercion here and there. You know, he was, 
Yeah. So in 2005, David was found dead from hanging in his cell. Mm. He had been suspected of sexually assaulting another um, prisoner. Oh, my goodness. David's body was unclaimed for several weeks until the state decided to like bury him. Like any family members that would come forward No one to came him. forward to Ah, uh, yeah. You yeah. deserve that. Yeah. They had a very small funeral in his hometown uh, where the they church congregation. had a funeral? Yeah, the church congregation like did something for him because his father had been a member of that church. But the entire time, like how awkward. I mean, like. I just couldn't. I I don't I don't know if you deserve No, a, you don't deserve you shit. You don't deserve shit. If you weren't good in life, you don't deserve the proper send out to afterlife, whatever that is. So like they Yeah, so the state buried You deserve him. an unmarked grave in a prison graveyard yeah, somewhere. Just like no yeah. one cares about you yeah. anymore. No. Now Catherine is one of three female prisoners. Um so Kate Moore mm. Amazing woman, mm-hmm. but um, Catherine kept coming up for parole for mm. her good behavior because she's quite a good prisoner. Mm. Now, uh, every time she comes up for parole, Kate has to go back and it's like re traumatizing the victim. That's so horrible. It should just be 20 years straight up. It, it should it should just be life, like in Queensland. Yeah. Life. And like a, that's what you get it. and there's no parole. Yeah. So basically Kate petitioned to have uh, – because. Catherine doesn't want to be up for parole. She doesn't want to go out, even mm. as like um, Catherine Knight. So she's petitioned. So Kate Moore petitioned for Australia to have a no release program. Yes. So now there is free women in Australia who are on a no release. Do you know the names? Yes. Do you know who they are? Please tell me. So it is our old friend Catherine Knight. Yeah. Catherine Burney, two Catherines. Yep. And Patricia Margaret Byer. Now, who is Patricia Margaret Byer? Oh, you'll just have to wait till next season. Oh, <laughs> oh I see what you did there. Oh, taste it, guys. Oh, um, gosh. So she's never to be paroled. She's still alive in prison. I'm, I'm glad that she was kind of on board for that. Yeah. Rather than, you know, res- resisting against that as a way to, but obviously it shows that she... She claims that she's innocent and that it was all David. Mm. and as much as she says that, we all know that's not true because you're still culpable for what happened. Catherine Knight actually was really petitioning because she never wanted to get out of prison as well. So. Look, I think once you've done a certain crime, a heinous crime, yeah, yeah, I I think some people just should never be released. Yeah, and I think that's very correct with Catherine Knight and Catherine Bernie. Totally. So they are... Still in prison, mm-hmm. in Bundy Up Prison. Yep. Let's all go visit. No. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Side note. Though. Side note. Lol. Mm. Never. Yeah. Um, and that's it. That's it for the season. Yeah. Guys, have a great Christmas. And summer. Great summer. Great New Year. And uh, have it's good birthday. New Year's. Yeah. Have great New Year's resolutions or not. Do your thing. Yeah. Um, but just have fun. Have safe fun. Look out for each other. Yep. Sisterhood. Yeah. Know that sister code. You, yeah. You. Yo. Yo. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. Thanks, Rihanna. That was a really great way, <laughs> fantastic way to end the season. And it was just, yeah, really. Mm. Yeah. I feel like I need to go scrub myself clean now. Yeah, me too. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I'm so glad that he is no longer inhabiting this earth and that she is in prison forever. Woo. The end. You. The end. And Kate 
Moore sounds like she has become an activist yeah. for women's rights and um, a, a avid like speaker against sexual assault and has quite a few petitions going in that. So you can check out her Facebook page as well. She's got quite a few things on the go. Um, yeah, and amazing. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> I feel bad. I mean, we're saying goodbye yeah, for the final time. Yeah. Not final time. It's next season. <laughs> we but don't have a uh, season release date as of yet, but we will announce that we'll on keep you up, guys. Facebook we'll keep you and up Instagram. Yeah, uh, we just have thing. some life to figure out over the next <laughs> couple of weeks. Just have a great summer. Have a great summer. All right. And bye. bye.